0: Call Steve Witherup. Calling Steve Witherup. Mobile. What's up? Hey bud. Hey. Like almost immediately when I called you, Maggie wakes up screaming in the other room. So if you hear her screaming, that's what it that's what that's what's going on.
1: Uh is she have a rough day or is this just
0: we think that she's in like a she's 7 months so there's like a some kind of a sleep regression or when when they're that age it could just be teething, gas, you know, cuz there's a lot of teeth that have to come into a human mouth and so uh there's just there's always there's always some reason that it could be and you never know exactly what it is.
1: Yeah, and knowing it doesn't necessarily make it easier because she's still screaming.
0: Who, there's a, I don't know what's going on biologically, but a child's cry in your own mind is just like there's something. I, I don't, we're about to drive to Ohio. We made the decision that you know we were on the fence about it, but we're gonna we're gonna do it, and just be with Chelsea's immediate family. And uh, I'm already dreading the amount of crying that's going to happen. That's just irreparable. There's absolutely nothing you can do about it. And it, it's just, there's some switch that goes off in my head that is just like it. It just feels like panic, panic, panic internal.
1: (laughs) Yeah. no parent would ever want their uh, internal thoughts broadcasted during a (laughs) screaming fit.
0: Yeah. The, the, uh, the things that you want to say out loud that also wouldn't help. So it wouldn't matter if you did scream it at the top of your lungs. But yeah, there's, there's, there's new levels that like I keep finding of frustration.
1: Yeah. I think God messed up because (laughs) like, you know, in well, like if a baby, um, well, we have a lot of, baby goats born you know and as soon as they're born it's like they're able to function as a goat Uh in a very uh, reduced form um but they're still a functioning goat and yeah this whole human infant uh the time frame that it takes for for a human to achieve any kind of reason or, um, you know, ability to communicate beyond yelling. I mean, I, I don't know. I think we drew the short straw on that one.
0: I agree. And like Maggie's a great baby. She's super chill. She sleeps pretty well, but I'm just telling you, like if, if you found your goat eating gravel, you would just be like, it's fine. Like, it'll be fine. It'll just be fine. (laughs) and if maggie which she just this is her favorite thing to do I was telling my dad this earlier she just loves to eat leaves like if she sees a leaf leaf it's immediately in her mouth and she's going to vomit like it's just that's exactly what's going to happen and no matter how i can't reason with her obviously so we just have to be hyper vigilant about making sure there's no leaves in the house which is impossible so um all because of, of all the trees you have in tree- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's funny, but it is. Rake your living room for God's sake, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. We we did actually do that this afternoon. We uh not our living room, but our front yard. It, it's just unbelievable how many leaves there are from three trees. It's just unfathomably like difficult to get it under control. Actually, all of this is a very nice segue into uh, what I was going to say because Thanksgiving is this week. Obviously, uh, you and I—I I would say—I think you'll agree with this—are not just naturally pumped like the gratitude, Thanksgiving, whatever. Not not to two of the things that are uh, are not the thing that you and I experience the most easily
1: uh, you mean which layer of that like just the, the idea of
0: L- okay let me say of, it like let me say it like this you and I do not embody the caricature of like what people talk about gratitude as being we are not <laughs> as evidenced by how easily we uh, complained about you know, things that are beautiful and wonderful. What people think of as gratitude is not like the thing that comes easiest to us, which I think is a nice uh, thing for us to acknowledge in the beginning or whatever of this, that, that all of what we're saying is not that, not just the caricature or whatever.
1: Right. Now, do you think that when you say caricatured version, do you think that that is a false assumption of what genuine and true gratitude is.
0: Of course. Yeah. 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 And I mean, you can do this same kind of line of thinking with joy or gratitude or love or whatever that there's like a, you know, a cheap version of it and then the real version. But I think, I think at least for me, I'll speak just for myself, that my path toward experience experiencing gratitude or whatever is is one that has a, a major hurdles in the way because I I'm not somebody that's just naturally like, you know, people that, that the thing that everyone says, like, Hey, how you doing? Oh, I can't complain. I've never said that. <laughs> I've never said that. Like it is like a known thing in my family. Like it, my, my mom, for whatever reason, loves like, and I'll probably have to do therapy for this at some point, but like loves, To see me in uncomfortable situations because (laughs) I just, I'm telling you, I, I'm, I've always been the one that like, I don't even, I don't want to, like, I don't want to be this way. I'm not, you know, I don't want to be the one that you push the jukebox and, you know, get them to, to complain about something. But I have always noticed that in any scenario, I can see people looking out of the corner of their eye to, to watch me react to something, whether it's, you know some awkward social situation or some irritating server or whatever it is. Like I, I just, I know that that's my shtick and it's not a choice. It's just, that's who I am.
1: Hmm. What, so what do you think shallow gratitude looks like then?
0: I mean, the, the clear kind of, I think the clearest caricature of it is just the like Instagram cheap kind of corny one liners or whatever, like trying to, uh, just i don't know i i don't even know that there's because the words that are being used i would probably use similar words so it's not necessarily in the description of it as much as it is in the like experience of it if that makes sense
1: yeah um because i think also- like
0: even in like like a extreme success culture. People talk about like, you know, choose, choose gratitude, choose joy, all these kinds of things as a way of like, um, almost like, Hey, spend, spend a minute of your day and think about the things that you are thankful for. And, you know, and then I don't know, I, it just, it rings hollow. It's not, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel genuine to me.
1: And so do you think that then maybe shallow, and I I mean, I'm not trying to say that everyone on Instagram that says they're grateful for something is being shallow. Of course, you know, but just as a just as an easier way to talk about it. But like, do you think that in a sense shallow gratitude lives in denial because it only associates gratitude with positive experiences? And it it's unable to make the connection from maybe real life character building experiences that also deserve gratitude, even if it's not in a obvious celebratory way.
0: I think, I think you're right on. I think you put kind of your finger on what I was trying to get at. It's, you know, make a list of the things that you're grateful for, because if you're grateful for these, you know, more good things will come your way and it is a kind of uh denial of of what is it is like a just be thankful for the good things instead of you know i think the the bigger more robust definition of it being accepting with thanks everything that's given to you and it's not a if you know with being able to be grateful for like you said character building things or hard things that you find you know, God, or you find meaning in on the other side of being able to experience that as it's happening, knowing that there is, you know, bigger things that are happening, which, you know, I I you have to be careful with that, because then you can do the whole, like, pain denial, experience denial kind of thing in the midst of it, and say that you're gr- grateful for something, but it's, I don't know, I think it's much, it's much deeper than just the language that we give to it. And it's much more of a kind of energy that you experience and approach life with.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't mean maybe that you have to, you know, get bit by a rattlesnake and just say, Oh, thank you so much for that. <laughs> right. Like, you know, but there is this just general sense of, of I mean, I just I want to use the word to define it, I guess, but but gratitude in that we get to just simply participate in what is. We get to engage and experience what what is. I mean, and it's a weird thing to say that not everyone gets to do this because everyone is getting to do this, but there is a chance that we weren't the ones who were able to experience this and i know that's extremely abstract and
0: no i think it's right on i think you know roar always says uh god comes to us disguised as our life or whatever um i do think that there's a posture of accepting everything that comes to you exactly what your life is that you know you could call it gratitude you could call it um you know, acceptance, you call it whatever you want to call it. But I do think it's uh, engaging life at a deeper level than kind of segmenting things off.
1: Yeah. And so is it, so gratitude, I mean, when you start talking about it in those types of terms, it's kind of tough to, to get a grip on because what is it at that point? I mean, is it an emotion that we experience as we participate in life? I mean, Mm -hmm. or, or is it is it something that we choose as a lens through which we experience life? Or is it a result of what we did just experience?
0: Yeah, I, I've got a few quotes pulled up um, that, that I've kind of earmarked or whatever. But Henry Nouwen says, Gratitude goes beyond the mine and thine and claims the truth that all of life is a pure gift. In the past, I always thought of gratitude as a spontaneous response to the awareness of gifts received. But now I realize that gratitude can also be lived as a discipline. The discipline of gratitude is the explicit effort to acknowledge that all I am and have is given to me as a gift of love, a gift to be celebrated with joy. I, I like that definition of it
1: yeah I mean, you know we are we are gifted with the ability to become, in a sense, co-creators with God in the way in which the world continues to unfold, but we didn't make this mm-hmm. like we were gifted with the ability to you know to to be the instruments through which the world continues to be. To be built, but but yeah, I mean we I mean look at the stars. I didn't put a single one of them there. Yeah. You know. Um it definitely, I think it if we're operating out of our proper perspective, we can't help but be grateful to some degree.
0: I think. I think that whatever we mean by the word grateful, it, there's been so many people that I respect and love that talk about this a great deal. So whatever we're all meaning when we say that word, I think is very central. I mean, Rollheiser says uh, that to be a saint is to be fueled by gratitude, nothing more, nothing less. So I do think that there's this kind of saint, whatever saintly thing that the people that are, you know, That are the most awake, that are the most aware, that have come alive and, you know, woken up. I think those people, there is this thread that like similarity between all of them that I've even, you know, experienced where there is just this great gratitude that they have for, you know, the absurdity that we get to be alive and that they're you've met people that have the opposite of that as well. And you don't know exactly what the, what word to put with it, but you do, you can feel that kind of buzz, that energy from people that are dipped into gratitude.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, if somebody, and I know this wouldn't be universal, but whether it's a near death experience or, you know, an experience that brings a, heightened awareness of the possibility of not living uh-huh you, you know i mean usually that's accompanied accompanied by a a new outlook or a new sense of of gratitude or a, you know or a new spirit in which they now uh
0: no i think that's that's a good point that there is a kind of uh new level of awareness that everything is a gift that every you get to experience life you know you're playing with house money you've you've already you've seen the edge you know you've seen that you have life but it could also be not life and to to now be in that kind of a awareness is to just be grateful for every yeah i don't it it all sounds trite of course but it is a universal experience almost
1: for sure, um you know, and it, it's we've already alluded to this, but it's so much it's so much more than just simply forcing your child to say thank you when they receive a gift, of course, you know like it's like it's not something that can be it can't be just forced I mean you're not just simply satisfying a grandparent's need to feel um, important by hearing the words of a grandchild say thank you for a pair of socks yeah like, right like um, you can't force a child to genuinely sense gratitude for I don't know the warmth of their feet that they will be able to experience <laughs> right later you know um, and so the better way to do it is to model it um, and and like you had said I mean you you see people who model the opposite of that. Like, it's just, everything is, everything is a burden, mm-hmm. I guess, as opposed to, I get to do this, or I get to experience this. It's it's almost like everything has become a, I can't believe I have to suffer through this.
0: Well, and the other, the other part of it is like a, a real sick entitlement of I'm owed x y and z and i'm not being given that and i'm owed that and so there's this strange angsty kind of thing that that people live with and live in this you can just feel it on them their vibe is off their energy's off you know
1: No, i think you make a good point about um especially about this sense of entitlement because that yeah, it's not it, like you know. I was talking about people who embody the opposite of gratitude. A lot of times, it feels like they're burdened by it. But but you're right. Another example of that, and probably a more prominent one, is people walking around with a sense of entitlement that just robs them from witnessing or viewing anything as just simply a gift that has been given.
0: Yeah, that it it does it does kind of take away the possibility of you experiencing the absurdity of just the gift of being, and I I think that that's why what you're saying about you know a child getting a pair of socks or something, th- the real gratitude of that. Let's not make it a sock because that sucks for the metaphor, but like let's say it's a toy, the thing that you want as a parent or the or as someone who's given a gift is not for somebody to tell you profusely, although that's, you know, that's fine. The real beauty of it is watching the kid experience joy in doing it, being present with it and like actually experiencing the intended outcome of what you're doing. And so if for us, I think it's not about cultivating a kind of language of gratitude, although that's Certainly can be part of it. There, there are people that rob themselves of the ability to experience it because they have a framework or a language that that doesn't open themselves to it or something. But I think more than that is to like try to get into the experience of what gratitude really is, and and you know waking up and feeling each day as a gift and time as this invitation to be alive in these really intentional ways. I think that's the, that's the real juice of it. It's not about saying, you know, having a mantra about of gratitude, just because those words somehow are going to help you. It's, it's, if that isn't in service of you actually experiencing and engaging the world around you in you know, unique and specific ways, then it's pointless.
1: That's, absolutely true um yeah you give a child a toy they could say thank you a hundred times with an enormous smile on their face but if they put that toy in the corner of their room and let dust collect on it and never participate or never engage it or you Mm -hmm. know just experience it then then those were empty words yeah and you know and that's to make the obvious leap then i mean that's that's the kind of gratitude that i think god is after yeah from us i mean he he gifts us with with oceans and mountains and communities and friends and uh, you know food and like all of it and do we wake up every morning and just simply say thank you or do we just quickly throw all of those in the corner and let them collect dust while we ignore the, the, the preciousness of, of the things that we've been gifted.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's why I'd follow so many people that are like, uh, adventure photographers and people that go to the far corners of our planet because I, well, I don't think the earth is flat, so corners of the planet doesn't make sense, but go all over our planet. Uh, just
1: revealed, you <laughs> revealed who you are.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, that would be an awesome thing if, if five or six years into the church, people found out that everything else is exactly what they thought it was, but I am a just staunch flat earther. Uh, <laughs> just.
1: Casually reveal it as if so is everyone else, right?
0: Like well, and obviously there's, you know, the whole globe hoax thing. Um, Right. And yeah, of course. (laughs) Um but because I do want to remember like my little the confines of what I am viewing things like or hold on. Because I want to remember that yeah, we are alive on a planet, and that is an absurd thing. I posted something today of uh, a huge whale with her baby and they're like sleeping, I guess, vertically with like their heads facing the surface. It's this ridiculously cool shot. And like that exists. We like, if, if somebody told us that there was a microbe on the moon or we found some insect on Mars, we would freak out. You know, it would be the biggest thing that's ever happened. If we found that out. And that scene that I shared that was from Nat Geo that like that exists right now, that's happening currently somewhere in our <laughs> oceans. And we're just like, okay, yep.
1: Yeah. So this is going to be, uh, well, I'm telling on myself, I guess with this, cause you're, you you could not be more right with that. And because, and I would like to think, you know, uh, apparently wrongly but i would like to think that i'm kind of someone that would be more prone to be captivated by the whale you know and and um, things like mountains and oceans you know and be engaged with those sorts of things but um i caught myself the other day so my my 13 year old he's he's got a little job and he saves his money and stuff and so he bought this the newest vr headset uh huh. Um, and I don't know if you've ever put those on
0: I actually or... never have not once
1: so I, like I always roll my eyes at them when they talk to me about video games so I'm like all right let me see these things <laughs> so I put them on and I was like oh my goodness like it looks real and like I was blown away with um that that I was looking in this virtual world um and all of a sudden for that moment though, I caught myself being more fascinated by that. Then <laughs> it's like, okay, wait, no, I can take those off and, and see an actual world. Correct. Like, correct. E- even if the virtual world was 80% the same, you know, it it's still, it's like, why was I s- more impressed with that in that moment than, than the actual whales? Like, and, yes, you know, and it's, it is it's it's like part of being grateful and living with this sense of gratitude it's not that we it's not that we stop being dynamic and stop moving forward and stop experiencing and exploring and progressing all these things but it slows us down in that Mm -hmm. like we're not we're not so quick to throw the toy in the closet and get the new one get the next one you know it 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 attaches us to these experiences in a slower, deeper, more methodical way, I think.
0: Yeah. I mean, you talk about people that plan vacations, they're they're You can totally tell people that are kind of, uh, trying to acquire experiences and to check it off the list, you know, like they want to have a hundred things on their bucket list and they want to get nine of them done on this trip. And, it's like all right, Grand Canyon, cool. Saw it, got a picture of it. Let's it's like my uh Madeline got to see the Grand Canyon. I've I've I think I've only ever seen it from the air. And uh she said that and I I don't know why I haven't thought of this, but she said uh that when you look down, it feels like your eyes keep going down and then keep going down and that it just it's not like one obviously one big drop. There's like all these little sections that jut out. And then there's another section that drops. And I, so I've been looking at pictures of it recently since she told me about that. And I'm like, how can you spend less than like, I don't know, your whole life there to really experience that landscape like that. That is anyway. So I, I've been trying, that's one of the biggest things that I've been talking to uh, Ricky, my spiritual director about is about like how to be present, how to be aware, how to not like just not check something off the list, whether it's, you know, experiencing something with the kids or whatever. I caught myself tonight doing like uh, he would have been proud of me because there was just this moment of Chelsea outside finishing up something with the leaves. I was holding Maggie, uh, cause she had woken up. Zeke was over in the neighbor's yard. It was cold. It had just started to, to like rain and the rain was hitting dry leaves which is such a specific sound, and the the next-door neighbors had started a fire so that that smell was coming into the house, and it was just that, you know, that scene, sort of foggy outside, right in the dead center of fall. And it's like, you get to be awake and aware and alive for this moment. Your family's doing these things. You're in your house. I don't know. And so I want to – but that's not, obviously – not the like constant permanent state but i want more of that i want more of that kind of awareness
1: uh, yeah absolutely but there's some you know it's difficult sometimes for us to to fall into that place where we can just simply experience that and and i think one of the obstacles and i might be wrong about this i'm not even sure what i think of it but i think it's it's almost like we need to be more honest about how we lack gratitude in our life, like because it this going back to almost something you were talking about at the beginning, like with Instagram and stuff. Because we can fake this, like we we can just say thank you. We we know we're supposed to be quote unquote grateful when we receive a present or whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, and so we can fake this. We can say thank you and like even I mean let's take it to a deeper level like how many times are we told in a sense as Christians that we need to be grateful for what God has done for us you know specifically or or most usually that's attached to through the work of Christ and so we felt that we feel this like uh, command or burden yes and so yes and so um because we feel like we're commanded to do it then of course well we better do it and so we're going to put on the the gratitude face and say thank you like um but but I think a, a an approach that would help to to eliminate the obstacle is just simply like I'm not there yet like I know it's 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 a way to experience life that I want to get to but I'm not there yet. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: No, I think, I think everything you're saying is right on this kind of like, if you can't acknowledge that that's not your kind of natural state, then you're, you're never going to be able, like you're never going to be honest enough with yourself to be able to grow or to change or whatever, because you're going to either be denying it or outright lying or whatever. And so, yeah, I mean, God look look at all of our screen times on our phones and computers and stuff you it it's hard to be grateful when your brain is just constantly scrolling and swiping from one thing to the next just you know satiating every kind of impulse by that and so i think i think yeah acknowledging that you're not there yet acknowledging that you you don't cultivate that kind of practice on your own but that you want to i think that's has to be step one
1: you know even um as i was mentioning just there about gratitude almost you know that we need to fake it as it pertains to even within the church and um you know for what for what god has done for us of course of course you know that's true like and and i don't want to Diminish that, you know, one one percent. But, but if we talk for a little bit about just specifically the idea of gratitude as it pertains to our our faith experience um, in our relationship with with God, you know, it, we go back to what we were talking about before and just the experience of. Um, you know, we we receive whatever it is. The child receives a toy, and and the way in which gratitude is expressed is the way in which the child participates with the what the toy is. I think so much of the way that gratitude has been spoken of in the church context is is almost more like in terms of. And this is a bad way to to put it, but like you know if you and i if you and i were just out one night hanging out and someone comes up and goes to st- rob us or whatever and they pull out a gun and and go to shoot you and i dive in front of you and i take that bullet um of course you're going to be grateful right mm-hmm. like but that cannot be the thing that then defines our relationship moving forward in every way, so like so like that you you cannot live the rest of your life um, with
0: like an internalized toxic guilt,
1: yes and 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 so like everything well boy, I sure don't want to <laughs> go pick up Steve from the airport at three in the morning, but uh, <laughs> he took a bullet for me. Yeah. You know? I, I it,
0: absolutely can never say no to helping you move ever.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and you resent me because you don't feel free within our relationship. Mm-hmm. I think that's an, an extremely important sentence right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And so, so the gratitude that we're often, um, in a sense felt as, like we're made to feel as though we are we need to uh, express oftentimes looks a little bit more like that gratitude that I just explained, as opposed to a freedom to actually participate in this living presence, this God life that yeah. we have been invited into.
0: This really kind of simplistic, like, hey, Jeremy, whatever, you, like you, like, God had to kill Jesus because of you and because of your nasty sin. So you better, you better live the rest of your life. You know, it just is like a, it's such a strange kind of framing to put on everything. And it does. Yeah. I think it produces false gratitude. It's the kind of like, you know, your grandma is kind of a not a good person and you got to kind of fake your way through a gift to her so that you can appease her and everybody just kind of tiptoes around it like all right you know granny's gonna do her thing so oh my goodness thank you oh my oh wow this is fantastic you know that whole performance
1: right and you and and again you don't feel freedom within that relationship you feel what compulsion to I think it, cater. It,
0: yeah, it starts as a real guilt and catering. And then I think it just moves into like an eye roll thing. Like, all right, I'm going to do this thing, but you know, we all know the deal.
1: Right. I tell you when I, when I'm parenting at my worst, it's when I hear myself saying sentences, like <laughs> I, I feed you and I give you, a, you know, those types of statements. How, <laughs> how could you, and like, And then two seconds into that, I'm just like, Oh my, who are you? What are you you doing? And, and I mean, I know that, you know, the way we kind of talked about that is a, a kind of a caricatured version, but, but it, you know, it really, I think is a way to define a lot of people's not a lot of people, but, but a, a good number of people's faith. Um,
0: I think the progression of what I said from it starting out as sincere, potentially moving into a real weight and burden of guilt, and then into a kind of eye-rolled, into like an eye-rolling sort of like whatever, kind of a feeling behind it. I I think that is the progression if it starts with that.
1: Yeah, I mean, and you know, and look at the way the resurrected Jesus engaged his followers. You know, he didn't show up and be like, "Well, <laughs> look what I did for you." The whole, the whole encounter with you know with Peter on the shore, the you know the the reassuring of of the relationship not being severed, mm-hmm. um, and and still like the invitation to Peter to continue to participate in the the salvific work that God launched through Christ, you know, feed my sheep. I mean, it wasn't, it, it I, I don't how am I trying to say? It's not like, it's not a, a leash being put around someone. Like, I don't know the right way to say it, but it's not me, you know, putting restraints on you because I did one act for you in taking a bullet. It's, it's just it's such a reduced shallow way of understanding the work of salvation and 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 what god is inviting us into on the other side of the cross
0: mhm i think that's great i love the idea of him pushing uh and inviting peter to do this great work on the other side of it so it's not just the tenderness of bringing Thomas in telling him to touch his wounds and to feel him, which is, you know, in and of itself remarkable, but it's you, yeah, you're, you're a screw up and I know you're a screw up, you know it, but, uh, there's still, there's still great work that you're going to do. I think that's a beautiful thought.
1: Yeah. And, and if experienced rightly, can you imagine the gratitude that Peter experienced as he went about the rest of his life, you know, giving himself to the work of bringing God's love in into the world.
0: Yeah. Okay. I want to pivot just a little bit because I I want to make this specific. So all of our folks from neighborhood and then, you know, friends all over the country that that listen to this, that, you know, that don't go to neighborhood are going to be either going to be with family for Thanksgiving or have already told them that they're not going and they're dealing with the aftermath of it. So either way, there's like an emotional landmine kind of scenario. Um, we, we talked about it at the beginning. There's, there's still an opportunity to experience gratitude in the midst of that, in that specificity of that how can we how can we bring this into like cuz we we don't have to talk specifically about families and political conversations and weird dynamics of all that stuff we don't even have to talk about that but can we bring specificity to gratitude as a practice and maybe talk a little bit about how we um practice this in our own lives well because for me for instance i i'm Uh, I run on just constant movement. Like I, I don't want to stop and think about like my natural predisposition is to never stop moving, never stop doing things, never stop consuming content, whatever it is. Um, and so for me, one of the things that, that I've been working on is, is like slowing down and Ricky reminds me on our calls every month, um, without any kind of sense of guilt or burden or whatever that he's putting on me with it, it, he's reminding me that like silence and stillness is the kind of foundational thing that everything else comes from. And so one of the things I wanted to read was, uh, which I I really liked, is that Richard Rohr, uh, in talking about gratitude, he he says that prayer is sitting in the silence until it silences us. Choosing gratitude until we are grateful and praising God until we ourselves are an act of praise. But I love that the silence piece of that is the foundational part of it. I, I think that for me anyway, I, I get into these thought loops and these kind of last night was one of these where I'm laying in bed and can't fall asleep for whatever reason. And I I don't know if this has ever happened to you, Steve. It doesn't happen to me all that often, but I was like, I might as well, I don't even know how this is possible, but I felt like I had an actual list in a notebook of every wrong perceived or real that has ever been done to me. And I am, I'm like, so I got stuck in that thought loop forever. And at some point I just had to like shake myself out of it and say that this is over there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing you can do with this. There's no value in this and like bring myself back to silence and to quiet. And, and when it would start back up to do it again and that kind of practice over and over again, I think is for me anyway, cause it's not always anger. I'm not like a super like mad person or whatever, but, um, I'll get excited about ideas. It'll be, you know, I can sanctify it and say that it's holy things, things about the church and podcast ideas and whatever, but bringing myself back away from that kind of manic energy and back into silence as kind of a primary place. That for me is, is prayer. It's not, it's not these like long monologues that I'm, you know, I'm giving that are just more words and more thoughts and more things, but back to the kind of, foundational place like i think it's thomas keating that's he kind of winks when he says it but says that like god is the silence and so bringing ourselves back into that kind of place of quiet i think that's where god you know meets us so that's that's for me is something that i'm doing as a way of kind of combating my own natural predispositions um my tendency to just make noise in my own mind
1: well, yeah, I mean, I think, I don't think gratitude could be truly experienced in the midst of one just busy distraction. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we need to break, we need to break the, you know, the cycles of just whether it's thought loops or whatever it is, you know, just getting caught in the whirlwind of the, you know, perpetual busyness and, and take time to just simply slow down enough to recognize the things that we are getting to to engage with. I mean, like um because we almost need to create space for ourselves to <laughs> maybe narrate the things that we are getting to experience.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like <laughs> I we shouldn't do it for other people and because I uh, I'll never forget this. So we were in college, we did a spring break, went to Europe with a couple of friends, went all over you know a bunch of different places in Europe. And um, we were sitting in this beautiful scenic park in Ireland. and one friend was just sitting there in silence. You know, um, and another friend went and sat beside him, and began to just simply say things like, "Man," and I guess I'll just use his real name, but, um, "Man, look at look at Craig just sitting there, just taking it all in, just just sitting sitting here in silence, man. In this beautiful scenery, just being quiet, not feeling the need to talk, you know, just taking it all in, and and I just gotta be honest with how the story ended (laughs) my friend looked at the other friend flipped him off and walked away yeah like and and so don't do that to other people but create the space in order to do that within your own internal monologue like man look at the bird the bird is just sitting there it's flying it's oh look it just got a piece of straw for its nest it must have a baby you know yeah like it's creating a space for a baby like oh, look at that that leaf is slowly falling the wind is you know just that whole list like we we just blow by it like and I know we keep talking about this in terms of of parenting but if there's ever a place in which that is experienced in a a way that we don't slow down enough to just uh be in those moments i mean like one distraction after the next and before you know it, it's like, oh man, my baby is driving. Right. And and I, I missed it. And and so how do you be grateful for the things that you have missed? Like if you're if, if you miss it, you can't truly be grateful for it. And so it's to your point, like I think that's a wonderful intentional way to begin the practice and is to just simply take moments to slow down and be in. yeah um, and I know that we talk a lot about that kind of stuff and, and and we always make excuses for it because it is cliche to talk about being present and all that kind of stuff and to be mindful and it's just it that language is saturated top psychology you know and all that kind of stuff but but it doesn't mean that it is not true and and again I'll repeat it, you can't experience gratitude in places that you never are present in
0: yeah it it can come off as trite but it is so so important and it's been kind of i don't the thing that has been saving my life recently is just that idea of of being aware of what's happening and i mean you still can't capture it you know, I think the the other tendency is to like I want to be so aware that I never miss a thing and I never forget this and whatever. And so then you're the person at the Grand Canyon taking fifty six thousand pictures <laughs> and writing a fifty page journal entry about it because you want you know that that is all extremes are d- dysfunctional. And so that is you know you're gonna miss it because you're trying to not miss it at that point. And so Merton will say. We have to be content to live without watching ourselves live, and so yes, there is the kind of inner narrator that we can use to bring us back into awareness. Like watch the leaves falling, and watch, you know, watch watch the bird that's flying into its nest, and all the things that you said. Um, but then there is also just the point where you go beyond that, and then you just experience life and Mm -hmm. there isn't a way to capture it but in not trying to capture it not trying to hold on to it you get to really experience the fullness of it and if you keep doing that moment by moment the end result is a full life and that's what we all want
1: yeah and and if there, and i know this is stating the obvious but if there's ever been a time in most of our lives to get back to The simplicity of that—it's now because how easy is it to fall into the rut of concentrating on the things that are being stripped from us in this present moment? You know, whether whether it's like you had said, many people maybe aren't getting to go and travel and be with family um, this year because of the the circumstances, and of course that's something to mourn. I'm not making sure light of that and but but what that does is force you in like what's what's your response i mean do you do you remain in that rut or do you um find gratitude in in the things that you are being able to experience and so much easier said than done i you know of course i understand that but but it's it's a challenge worth pursuing
0: yeah every bit of that i think is a reminder that I need, that we all need going into holidays and, you know, the end of the year and we're looking back on 2020, everything that, you know, I, I saw somebody that uh, posted a picture of their, they went back into their office for the first time and they had left their calendar. They're like planner, 2020 planner. And they're like, yeah, did not need this once this year. <laughs> so like there is a kind of felt loss of everything that Somebody else that I was talking to had a trip to to Africa planned uh, and obviously, you know, canceled and so many canceled trips and plans and things. And so looking back on what we've lost, looking forward to the unknowns of, you know, everything that's coming, there is a, I, I don't know, it's just a heavier time than normal. And so being able to find joy in the midst of it, find gratitude for, for what we have and what you know what we have been given, I think is extremely important and good reminder for me,
1: yeah, we're uh, again, not making light of the heaviness of of certain people's the s- specific things that they're dealing with, you know but but we're here, right yeah like, yeah I mean this is this is where we find ourselves. And so how do we choose to move forward?
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I want to finish with uh, a few verses from Colossians 3. Um, What came to mind earlier in the week and uh, in the NIV, there's this one line where it just jumps out. It says, and be thankful. Um, But yeah, Colossians 3.12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, hymns and songs from the spirit singing to god with gratitude in your hearts and whatever you do whether in word or deed do it all in the name of the lord jesus giving thanks to god the father through him steve do you want to pray for us to end
1: yeah god help us to be a people god that don't that doesn't just begin our prayers with the words we're so thankful but Take us past that or through that into a place that genuinely lives our life out of a place of gratitude. Help us to experience life through that lens. Experience our relationships with our friends and our family. Help us to experience our pursuits, our vocational pursuits, our creative pursuits with that sense of gratitude. God, help us to witness the world all around us. This cosmic beauty that is all around us. Help us to never live outside of recognizing that even our participation in this, our presence within this is a gift. God, help us to begin in simple ways, to find silence, to find places where we can just learn to cultivate what it means to be thankful. Help us to learn to say grace again before we eat in real and genuine ways. help us to be grateful. This week, God, as we experience encounters with strangers and with friends and with family, seeing every every thing that we are given, God, is a chance to experience your life and your love, your goodness in more expansive ways. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.